We've had Leviticus 19 and verse 18 that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And so, Jesus said, ripe age, 12 years old. On that journey to Jerusalem with his family to celebrate the time of the Passover, as the family was leaving the city some journey away, as many as three days, the scripture declares, Mary and Joseph, along the way, became somewhat frantic that Jesus was not amidst the caravan. They hustled their way back to Jerusalem to find him. And on the third day, they found him yet in the temple courts. And he was confounding the doctors of the law. We shared in previous weeks what Mary's response to her son when she first saw him probably went from fear to anger. And although we don't get the expression from the text, she was probably somewhat frantic with that response. Jesus, how could you have done this to your father and I? But Jesus' response was profound. Did you not know I must be about my father's business? At 12 years old, did you not know I must be about my father's business? Later, Jesus in Luke chapter 19 tells us what that business is. You recall the story of Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus, a wee little man was he. Well, he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You know how the story goes. Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come down for I must have food with me today. So Zacchaeus gives his heart to the Lord. And it is at that, it is at that, gathering that Jesus makes a profound statement to those who quizzed him about his company that he was keeping. And he said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. To seek and to save that which was lost. That is the Father's business. To seek and to save the lost. That is the business and the mission of the church, the body of Christ. And you didn't come to church this morning. You are the church. We are the church this morning. And that is our mission. Look at your neighbor and say, that's our mission. That's our mission. To seek and to save the lost. We sang just a few moments ago the lyrics to a song. We must tell them of the treasure we have found. The treasure shared last week, Matthew chapter 13, there are seven parables, seven parables of the kingdom of God, two of which, the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the great pearl, they tell of the value of the treasure. A man finds a hidden treasure in a field and he goes and he sells everything he has. And he purchases the field that he might obtain the treasure that is hidden in it. The man is Jesus. The field is the world. And the hidden treasure is you and I. It's the church. His great treasure is us. His heart is here. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus is in our midst. Hallelujah. And so he is, so he is here. And he's in our midst. And so we must tell of this treasure becoming part of the kingdom of God. And so, very quickly this morning, we'll go through our sermon. And I mean quickly. Six or so times. We're going to get this machine up to about 55 miles an hour. Move. Three Beatitudes of let's go public. Let's go public. The first, be imitators 
imitators. As followers of Christ, like the church that was meeting in Antioch, you can make a note of it, Acts chapter 11 and verse 26, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. In other words, the people, the believers, the body of Christ, the church in Antioch behaved so much like Jesus that the people on the outside of the body of Christ said, these are like little Christ. They're Christians. We are followers of Christ. We are to be imitators of God they were in Antioch. Ephesians 5.1 says, therefore be imitators of God. And yes, the therefore is there for a reason. And there are attributes at the tail end of chapter 4 in Ephesians that tell us how we should be living so that others would see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so, we're to be imitators of God. We are like Paul. Paul who said to the church in Corinth, In the 11th chapter, in the first verse, he said, Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example and in sampling of Christ Jesus. In other words, you and I, we're to be about our Father's business. We're to be imitators of Christ, seeking and saving the lost. Listen, I love this because... Remember in the parable of the field, it was a hidden treasure and a man found it? That means he had to seek so that he could save you and I. Wouldn't we, wouldn't it be great, what if we just had a radar and we were seeking for those who have yet to give their hearts to Jesus? And we were just looking for blips on the screen. We're like, I got to go tell this one. 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 To tell them of the treasure that we find in Jesus. And that's what we would be about. The kingdom of God. And conveying the message of the kingdom. Jesus' near to last words, he gave instruction. Certainly his last words prior to his ascension. You know it, and I know it, as the Great Commission. We've already heard the Great Commandment. Matthew 23 reiterates, Jesus reiterates Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. Love God, love man. All the law and all the prophets hang on these. But he gives us not only the Great Commandment, he gives us the Great Commission. The mission of the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. So the Great Commission. Listen, as imitators, as we be imitators, we must go, we must make disciples, and we must seek all things that Jesus might We must go, we must make disciples, and we must seek all things. The we is us collectively, can I get an amen? And the we is each one of us individually. Can I get an amen? We must go. I must go. You must go. Jesus taught. You must teach all that Jesus taught. Does that make sense? I mean, it's a, it's a collective thing. Amen? That was a cutie amen. Amen? Amen. So, the imitators. Number two. We're up to about 45 miles an hour. Guys, we're on point two. There's only two. Here we go. Be witnesses. The second B attitude 
Number one, be imitators. Number two, be witnesses. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. A familiar portion of Scripture. Acts chapter 1. Let's read verses 4 through 8. Let me just read this to you. Acts chapter 1. being assembled together, beginning in verse 4, with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he says, you have heard from me, for John truly baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Can I get an amen? Amen. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We will receive power God has come upon us. If you are a born-again believer, God the Spirit lives in you. Hallelujah! The enduing of power. Oh, that we would ask God for more. More. How many of us would like more power, more authority, more boldness, more administration of gifts in our lives, that we might be more effective witnesses for Jesus. The purpose of Pentecost is salvation. Period. Let me say that again. The purpose of Pentecost is salvation. Sometimes we get in our minds that in a Pentecostal setting, or in a Pentecostal mindset, the operations of the gifts gifts are like the end all. They're not. We've received power from on high, not so that we can have a display of wit or a display of gifts. The gifts are so that those on the outside can see the power of God and be drawn to Jesus Christ. If they become a gappy individual, we've missed the boat. Because it's all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. The witnesses. You will be witnesses unto me. High time this church stopped focusing on individual reputation and start in a greater measure effective witness for Jesus. Effective witness for Jesus. Paul, writing to the church in Rome, chapter 1 and verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. It's the power of God unto salvation. said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. The church, we need boldness to declare the message of salvation. I love in Acts chapter 4, when Peter came back, they prayed for boldness. And the place that they were meeting shook, and the Spirit of God came upon all of them. And they went out and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That they spoke the word of God boldly. Oh, that that would be the passion in our hearts. That we, too, like the church in the first century, would go out and boldly proclaim the word of God. Witnesses unto Jesus. So, 
just like as imitators, we must go, we must make disciples, we must seek to observe. Paul also has witnesses for Jesus. We must be empowered by the Spirit of God. Empowered by the Spirit of God. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for an emboldened power. Holy Spirit, fill these earthen vessels fresh and new with boldness. Every one of us, Father. Oh, Lord, help us to be emptied of ourselves. Help us to be emptied of our own ambitions, our own affections, and all of the minutiae, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things. God, we empty these vessels. So we say, Holy Spirit, fill us with boldness to proclaim We must be witnesses unto Jesus. We must not be be imitators. Say that with me. Be imitators. Be witnesses. Imitators, witnesses. Number three. We're up to 50 miles an hour now, gang. It's only been 10 minutes, and I'm on point three. Don't worry, I've got some more stuff to say. Be ambassadors. Ambassadors. It's not a word we use very often in the English vernacular these days. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Reconciliation with the Father, being made right, being made at peace with God through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, what? He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, our assignment is to see men and women reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. He has given us. Think about the church that God has in you and in me. That takes women. Not a one of us can do it by ourselves. No church, local expression can do it by themselves. We need each other. Hallelujah. Can you just pray with me real quick for the church, the body of Christ, right here in North Texas? Father, right now across this east side of the freeway, the body of Christ in North Clackamas, many different expressions of faith are meeting right now. I can think of some 17 churches right now. Father, we pray for Sunnyside Church, their new pastor, D.J. Vick. God, will you bless them? We pray for Eastridge and uh, Pastor Dwayne. We pray, God, for your abundance in their lives and the work that you are doing there. God, we pray for Emmanuel Community up off of 177. We pray for Trinity, God. In Jesus' name, as we're beating the clock, we pray for you. We pray, God, for abundant lives. We pray for Pastor George, and we pray, God, for that church, even as they're in some level of transition. It'll take some time, God, but will you help them find a new pastor in the years to come? Lord, we pray for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We pray, God, for your work to be accomplished. We pray, God, over in Happy Valley, Happy Valley Baptist, and Pastor David. We ask, God, for Pastor David and his church. Have you been there, God, that they would raise up and there'd be revival in Jesus' name? We pray, God, for Destiny Christian Fellowship, Pastor Joel. And we ask, God, just for your work to be accomplished. We pray for Happy Valley Evangelical, God, and your work there in Valley View Evangelical and Spring Mountain Bible, Pastor Daniel Meadows, God, and the work that you're doing there. And, God, we pray for a new hope. And, Lord, we're just praying for, in this community, that we would work together to see every house and every home an effective witness of Jesus Christ. Lord, we can do it together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Ambassadors. God was reconciling. God was
is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Is that not good news? The good news that man's sin would not be imputed against him through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus took the penalty of our sin. Not only the penalty, but he, he, he took all that we deserve. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Folks, as ambassadors, we must represent. We must represent we're ambassadors. We we don't represent. Yes, we have dual citizenship and we're Americans. And I mean, I'm an ardent patriot. Okay, but the, being an American is not the end all. Being a Christ follower is. Hallelujah! We represent heaven, God's kingdom, on earth. Let us represent well. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. We that that should be what's flowing in us. Represent. We must reason with people. We must be prepared to give an answer to those who ask us for the reason of our faith. We must reason, making a plea, informing this idea of Jesus. We must also make depositions. We must get to the question, do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? Do you know Him? God has called every one of us. If your faith today is in Jesus Christ, God has called every one of us to His table, past, present, and future. That portion of Scripture, He's not talking about only fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self He's talking about bearing fruit after one's own kind. The seed that is in you, the good seed, the Word of God, Jesus, that we would reproduce others with that same seed in them. That we would bear fruit. Be fruitful. That you and I, we would be leading people to Jesus. Scattering seed, watering seed, harvest seed. Does that make sense? Okay, help me. Okay. Here is the basic package. Got your three points. Imitators, witnesses, ambassadors. We're part of the IWA. I don't know what that means. <laughs> First Corinthians 15. Verses 1 through 5 and verse 11, it says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, and by which you are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was saved. And that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Therefore, verse 11 says, whether it was I, Paul, that preached to you, or they, so we preach, and so you believe. Believe, expression of faith, receiving the grace of God. It's the gospel. It is the gospel. Paul says to the church in Rome in chapter 3, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from works. Our justification is by faith. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For grace you have, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Again, you and I cannot earn salvation. We can't earn it. I can't earn it. We can't gain it. We already have it. God loves us. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing. All are part of this package. Let's pray.
doesn't know that he's God behind the way that I am. So what we've provided um, out here, there's a table. It says information on it, and it's the ultimate information. It's all about God, and it's all about his information. It's a table you come by, and you see it. We've got some tracks, a um, bunch of different ways you can do this. And so I want to show you these different tracks and, and uh, encourage you to come by and grab some. And if you have questions, please feel free to ask me. I'll do my best to answer them. Uh, we've got some tracks that are kind of fun, like we have. show you how to do that. It works better if you're closer. So I'll show you that one. Uh, works great with kids. Uh, and then we've got our fake dollar bills. Uh, just known as Donald Trump and Hillary. Probably the only place where they get that close to each other. So um, got some of those. Those are really popular uh, for Halloween. I think we handed out a couple hundred of those. We've got all sorts of bills out there like that. And then we've got my personal favorite, which is this DVD right here. It's called The Biggest Question. And this is the DVD that we handed out around Easter. And we'd also encourage you to come grab some of these. And, and really what these are, all three of these, and there's some other ones out there, they're opportunities for you to read on the back, know what it says, and then give the next one. And so uh, why do we not do this? What are some of the things that come to my mind why I don't do this? And so Pete sold me up in his vision of the Lord on this one. Uh, and he's correct. I don't want to share. Uh, I don't want to be inconvenient to you today. In fact, I'm on a schedule. I've got to get somewhere. I don't have time to talk about God right now. Sometimes I think, oh, it makes sense. You know, that's what I was thinking. So I came up with four big reasons. The first one mainly is fear. Uh, it's just because we're scared. I'm scared. So what are, what are we scared about? Well, the first one is, what do I smell? Like, what do I smell? And so Luke 12, 11 and 12 says, I don't care what you smell. The Holy Spirit will tell you what needs to be done right here. And there's countless examples of this. And you can have a method. You can come up and you can say, you know, you hand the, put your tip on the table. Say you're at, you know, Red Robin. That was Vinny. Okay. You're at Red Robin and you leave the tip there and you hand it to Vinny. You're going to go, are you sure it's there? And he's going to go, no, I don't see it there. Right. That's a little too confrontational. You can leave it as you go with a real tip and it's the fake tip. Okay. You can also, uh, you can also give the DVD out. Next week I'm traveling and I'm going to be staying in a hotel and I'm going to leave these. Right. Um, if it's somebody that you know, you can leave a little note on the back, write your phone number on it. You can invite people over to watch this. Right? I'd encourage you to watch it first. You know, some of the greatest speeches I've seen are on this, on this disc and in this program. All right, um, you can give these out. You can pass them out. We've handed them out at Halloween. These little, these little things. I mean, they're great. Kids will say, "Whoa, I don't feel like playing." Sometimes with how crazy they are. Another reason why we have fear is we don't know enough. We've got an entire table out here full of books, all about God, about His Word, how to defend what you believe, how to know what you believe. And really, you know what? My passion, besides God and, and His Word, is books. I love books. I am a bookaholic. I'm a hoarder of books. And I would love to give you my books. And so if there's something you're like, I want to know about this issue, come see me and I'll find a book for you. I mean, that, that gives me a lot of pleasure to find books for people that I can give them. So please come see me on that. Reject you. Another fear. They're going to say, no, I don't want to, don't have anything to do with you. Well, remember, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. So uh, what's the worst they can say? I don't want that. I can handle that. I'm all right. Give it to them. I'm going to get in trouble. Sometimes my pastor's out at work and I get in trouble. Right? Wouldn't you rather get in trouble for spreading the gospel than for being out in the cold in a bad place and playing solitaire. I mean, people even play solitaire now. Isn't that crazy? John 15, 18 says that they, they hated Christ, and they're going to hate you. They persecuted Christ, they persecute you. You're in great company. And then lastly, be firm. What happens if I, I go to somebody, and, you know, they're, they're firm, they don't believe in God, and I give them this, and they're offended, and they're going to hate me? Again, we have Matthew 19, 19 that talks about Jesus loves us. Say what kind of servant? It's going to divide. The gospel divides. That's why it's so hated in our culture. Don't talk about it at school. Don't talk about it in the public. Don't talk about it because it divides. It makes us feel so much better and mean and special. Don't do that. So lastly, I want to leave you with one more thing. One more thing. Let's see. First John four eight says. I've been around church a while. You've heard this verse. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. 
For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We know that love because he first loved us. If that is true in your life, and you believe it, and you feel it, and you know it, you can't help but feel it. You can't help but feel it. I'm reminded of here's another one. I'm reminded of uh, a story about a man who um, he went off to war. Hope is a fitting thing for this. He goes off to war, and in war, his best friend dies in it. Best friend dies in it. Took a bullet for him. Whatever it was, I don't remember the exact situation. There was not a day that went by that the man that survived didn't think about that friend. He named his son after that friend. He went on Memorial Day, on his birthday, on his 4th of July, on every first Tuesday of the month to go to his gravesite to thank him. He couldn't help but tell people about his buddy and what he did. All that guy did was save him from this earth. The Lord has come to save you for eternity. How is it that we keep it hidden? How is it that we hide it, that we hold it, hoarding it to ourselves? Because just know, let it out. So please, let us here at Hillside, let, let me, let my family, let this family here, let's help each other to do that. Come to the resource table, come get some snacks, make sure not to go get them at Christmas time. Uh, there's plenty of them out there. Let's run for them. Let's pass those out to our friends here at Hillside. Thank you. Good, good. Praise God. Praise God. I get a little excited. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I can tell you I am a Christ follower today because someone took the time. Huntington Beach, California, laying out at 13 years old, my towel out on the sands by Life Tower 3 at the pier. Only a handful of you know where that is, but those of you who know, I was there. And I was there from 8 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon until I had to go do my kids around. But on a particular day, there was a group of young adults that were walking, and there was a guy with a cross in this horde of people, and he had a crown of thorns, and they were walking through the sand. And the people of the crowd were yelling, crucify, crucify, but there was a group of them around the outside throwing out on people's towels, and one landed right on my towel, and it's a small book about Billy Bailey, probably two inches by two inches, had about six pages on it, and it had the Bible, it had John 3.16, and I remember I held on to that book like my life was Jesus, who knew that my life was Jesus, and the fruit that was contained in that book, literally six years later, at 19 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. That book is still in my collection today, right at the top, upper right-hand corner. That thing shaped my life that day. My wife, my wife was a Christ follower for 20 years. She's now 21, right there. She, listen, she invited her sister to come to church. Kim thought her mother and sister were in a cult. And she went, <laughs> she went to church and she heard the gospel, and there was an altar call, came to church, and gave her life to Jesus. Right on Life Street Walking, she saved and trusted Jesus without, without a doubt. She confessed to the Lord Jesus. And it's about God's word, people making invitations, tracts being given out. Every one of us have come to Christ who know the Lord. You came to Christ through someone, through someone. We're going to close with these thoughts. I'm going to ask Dan and Josh to come up here. As these two are coming up, and they're going to grab the mic, and they're going to just share. Dan's going to share, and then Josh is going to share. And here's the thing. The power of personal testimony. John chapter 1. You can read this on your own time. John chapter 1. John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, he verbalized, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he said, this is the one in whom I have told you there is one who comes after me, who is before me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He says, that's the one I was referring to. He is the Son of God. Personal testimony. And the next day, his disciples were with him. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Again, he said, personal testimony. Twice. Philip was one of those guys. Philip left 
John and went and spent the day with Jesus. And it says the first thing that Philip did, or excuse me, Andrew, the first thing that Andrew did, Andrew went and found his brother Simon. And he brought Simon to Jesus. And Jesus said to Simon, you are Simon, son of Jonah. You will now be called Peter. Simon Peter, yeah. You're going to be a rock star in the kingdom of God. Then Philip and Nathaniel, and it's each one of them giving their own testimony, sharing their testimony, and as a result of their testimony, someone coming to the Savior. When you share your testimonies, you can be sure that Jesus will meet those that you are sharing your testimony with. He'll meet them where they are. Tell us a story. Many of you guys know my pastor Mark. Most of you guys would know me um, by who I am as a student here. Um, I was a student at Northwestern College, and uh, it was only about two and a half years ago where the Lord met me where I was at. Um, throughout high school and before high school, I knew of the Lord, but in no way was I living for Him. I had days I had my head full on loaded freshman year, and Matt Harris was my running backs coach also in high school. And so they were probably the biggest influences for Jesus that I knew, yet still I never got involved in church. Um, I still lived for myself and for that time. And um, in my junior and senior year of high school, uh, I was working in emergency. Um, I won't be too detailed, but uh, in blatant sexual sin, uh, doing drugs, uh, drinking a lot of alcohol and stuff like that, from someone looking at me that didn't know me very well, they just said, oh, man, he's a great guy. But truly, deep down in my heart was doing um, darkness, um, uh, deceiving, manipulating. Um, it wasn't getting any better. And so I went to college and played football for a year at Western Oregon University. And um, I left after my freshman year. And, uh, and this is why I left after my freshman year because my whole first term in college, I was the sinner of all sinners. I was the sinner, and then Josh can testify to this, I was the sinner who got other people to sin with me and sin more than me. I was, I was, it, it was bad. It was awful. And um, for about two months straight, um, this is within the summer, for two months straight, I would begin to, um, dive into substances and dive into doing drugs. At one point, I was even even selling drugs to other people. I um, Every time, for about two months straight, I was about to do one of these things, I would uh, I hear this voice. It wouldn't be audible, but it would be in my mind, and it would say, um, you don't need to do this. Uh, I have something better for you. And um, I'm not kidding. It was every single time. And so after like one month of hearing that voice, I literally thought that I was going crazy because I had no idea who the Holy Spirit was. Um, I didn't know that that kind of stuff was possible. I thought, man, I'm going insane. Something's going on with me. And so I dive deeper into sin, deeper into sin. And then eventually I, uh, I recognized that it was the Lord and it was something bigger. Uh, when I had a severely slipped disc in my back um, from playing football and I got an MRI and we had saw the patient, my brother and I, and he said, hey, this is uh, one of the worst slipped discs I've seen in someone your age's back. And um, as literally as he was telling me that news, that same exact voice that I was saying, I have something better for you, said, I will heal you, just come to me. And um, me and my mom leave that place, and I'm tearing up, you know, my whole life is over. Um, and uh, a few days later, I'm in my dorm room at Western Oregon University, and I get on my knees and I say, you know, Lord, um, I'm done. I'm done living the life I've been living. I'm all yours. The sin is done. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm done harming myself. I'm done harming others. I'm done harming my family, all these things. And um, within a month, this severely slipped disc that I needed surgery immediately for um, was healed. And I was running and jumping and doing everything normal again. And, uh, yeah, that was amazing. And so something uh, John Roberts said was when something like that has happened to you, you cannot help but tell others. And 
so I moved home. I called, I don't know, I don't know if I changed my show or what they were thinking about saying this, but so this has happened. The second thing is I called, um, this called Julian's coming to church. I call him up. I say, hey, mom, hey, dad, uh, I'm moving home actually because I'm dropping out of college. And, uh, <laughs> but I could not stand up. I was just like, woke up from vacation. I uh, was surrounded by a bunch of kids, relatives, and all this stuff. And, um, and they were like, all right. I said, hey, man, this is what happened to uh, me and Zach and Bryce. And I was talking to Matt about this uh, not too long ago. And he's like, yeah, man, uh, when you called me, I was just expecting your life to be falling apart. And I was going to have to just let you out. But little did he know, um, and soon to find out, and he came to find out in week two, that my life was going to fall apart for the next two weeks. And so um, I moved back home. And uh, Josh was one of the three brothers that I had that was still working here in the practicum area. And uh, me and Josh got to hang out quite a bit. And uh, and Josh was there for me. I I don't know how to top that. That was an epic story. Um, But isn't that good? Isn't God good? So to pick up where Dan left off, uh, I was kind of living my own life at a point in time. Um, It's funny because... As a couple of us were kind of uh, coming to trust Paul and Christ, like I was still called up. Back then, it was just super far because I didn't know God and everything like that. Just recently, I was going through this whole uh, proving doctrine in high school, and so I got baptized when I was junior in high school, 2013. And they asked me about it on the test stand. I read out my entire testimony. I was like, "Wow, this sounds really good." <laughs> I'm like, "I love Jesus," you know. But but when I realized it. Um, this is the scripture that kind of came to my heart, Isaiah 29, verse 13. But the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Um, I did, as we've probably heard, I, I, did, I talk the talk pretty well. I talk the talk that I definitely walk the walk. My game was I was just like, people would look at me, oh, Josh is good. Josh is funny. You know, Josh, he's funny. He's a good time all these other things, uh, but on the deep, uh, on the inside, I wasn't trusting uh, God with those facts, God with those people. Um, I, one of the biggest reasons why my faith, uh, did you know Jesus doesn't like his church lukewarm? Okay, I was lukewarm coffee. He likes either hot coffee or he likes iced coffee. He may not like the lukewarm. I was lukewarm. I couldn't pick a side uh, because I, I cared about what people thought about me. So I put down my faith and my roots. It would be something I could play the rhythm of, I could get by. I kept the faith, you know, but that, that John uh, uh, scripture wasn't there for me. And I don't know why, but that's where I was at. I was in, I was not living for the Lord. And uh, I remember even, I, I was living in Jesus movement and one thing to another at the time. And I remember my grandma, she was a devout Christian. She used to pray for me since I was born. Uh, she told me, she's like, Chris, she's like, how are you going to balance your faith when you're in there? I'm like, I was like, Josh, I don't care. I just want to live for my son. So all that being said, I, I, I was kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm here in Sudan. Dan was, I mean, I've watched, I've watched through Dan for about five years in football. You know, I, I just had such a bond with his brothers and core. And so I hear that he's moved back, back and he's like, man, I want to get, I want to get involved with faith. And I heard he was doing this, this internship at a Jersey bank. He was bolstering one of my uh, patient child's credits. And um, I was like, you know what? It'd be kind of good just to kind of get, get, get a taste, you know, just to kind of work on my new job a little bit. So we started having Bible study. We started hanging out. Like he said, he, he came and just developed this bond. And, and my life was just like, it, everything around me felt barren. The more I relied on myself, the more I, uh, I started coming to terms with like, I'm not as, I'm not, I'm not, I talk and talk really well in Bible study. But when I live my life, it's a little different story. When I'm at work, I'm, my grades are really bad. They're really good. And so I get to this point where I'm, I, I'm hit, I'm at rock bottom. Everything's just kind of crumbling behind me, uh, around me. And uh, Dan and I, we go out to practice at the football field. And uh, we're just kind of chatting. And I just kind of lay on what's on my heart. And I just kind of give it to him. You know, we just pray about it. We share it. And uh, Dan tells me his testimony. Uh, he and a, a friend of ours went out to 87. And they were uh, just, just handing out waters and sharing Jesus. That's all they were doing. 
and then Dan shared this testimony with me of a man who just brought tears after he shared Jesus with me. And it was just these, these, I had these amazing moments that kept happening. I was like, man, I want that. I want that. I don't want to, I don't want to sit right here anymore. I want to live over here. I want to live over here. And then after that, he shared, he shared with me his testimony right after that. The one that he just shared right here, he shared with me. And I'm like, wow, God is literally meeting me with that testimony. You know, it's not as, it's not as extravagant. You know, it's not as like, oh, God hit my back. I didn't have any complaints. I had a broken heart. I had a broken uh, sense of who I was. But God put me back together. He met me right there on that, on that football field. No, no, I didn't get it. I didn't nail it down uh, uh, right there on the spot where the coach hit me. I got involved in this church. And if, if it weren't for that moment, if it weren't for God putting us right here, our lives together when we were 14 years old, 13 years old, I would not be standing on this podium here today. And so I could praise God about that. That's my testimony. And can I challenge us? feel like you're in that same place because I feel like it would be worse if I was on all the way gone I look my life so much I can't even see the palm of my hand in my life and there's still those around me that can't even see that I'd rather live my life over here and I've been living my life over here I can't go back I can't say I've chosen this path the past two years for the rest of my entire life and say God you know what this is what I want I think that's going to be a great year a great year stay up here guys stay up Praise God. Praise God. Listen, it's the power of personal testimony. And you've got a beautiful testimony in Jesus. If your faith is in the Lord, don't let the enemy try and tell you you don't have a good testimony. You were once here. Jesus came in, and you're now here. Hallelujah. We don't have to talk about how bad it was. Believe me, everybody's got a bad story. You were a sinner separated from God. Then Jesus, now redeemed. I'm born again. Now I'm born again. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Listen, it's time for us to get saved. Let's get saved. Let's take this testimony. We carry around in these urban vessels the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's go out and convey the love of Christ a world that desperately needs it. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you do not have faith in Jesus, you have not expressed faith in Christ, and today you want to make a public declaration, I am trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. And you recognize that you're yet over here that you want to know your sin is forgiven. You want to know your name is written in God's book. You want to know that you are forgiven and saved and you will spend eternity with God in heaven. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace by faith. The expression of faith could be verbally saying, Jesus is Lord, I receive Christ. I'll give you an opportunity. If that's you and you would like to be included in this prayer this morning, you say, I want to put my faith in Jesus, will you simply indicate that with every eye open and every head up? Will you indicate that by raising your hand where you are? Just say, that's me, the name of me this morning. empty seats that you see are just waiting for those that you and I will be inviting. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Let's thank the Lord. Love these testimonies. Love the materials. Love the message that we get to go public. To be imitators, to be witnesses, and to be Christ's ambassadors. That's our assignment. That's our mission. We're going to close in a word of prayer. Worship team, you don't have to come up. We'll just close in prayer. We've got a little longer than normal. Will you help us break these chairs down? Will you help us maybe tear some curtains down? Today's Afterglow. For those of you who want to meet us over at 
around Kimball Pizza on 82nd and King Road. We're going to be scarfing some pizza in about a half hour. So we'd love for you to be there with us and join us. We just got to break things down. So help and stay if you can. We're just going to stack chairs to the middle, break curtains down, roll them up, and then we'll be on our way. Let's pray and ask God's blessing. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you on this warm Memorial Day Sunday. Oh, it's a little bit past our normal time. But God, we've heard great testimony of just your redemptive work. You have entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. Lord, you equip us with all kinds of good resources. I mean, simply the Word of God. What a great resource. But Lord, there's other things like DVDs and tracks and those kinds of things. For all levels, Lord, may fear not be operating in our lives. Your Word says perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, may we set all that stuff aside and say, hey, I'm an ambassador for Jesus, and I'm going to convey the message. I'm going public. I'm going public. Lord, we have five friend focuses. We pray for it. We pray, God, that you would help us and lead us in it and help us to engage in conversation about the things of God. We see the power that that brings. The invitation to come to church, like my wife, born again wife, as a result. God, we just commit these things and we commit our mission to you. Help us to be faithful in all things. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. Let's go in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior after 12 and help us break down real quick. God bless you.